This is The Guardian. Today, what is really behind the UK's sky-high prices? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. So it's a Monday morning, and if you're disorganized like me, you might be at the supermarket early before work, picking up stuff for the week. And you might be struck, like I am regularly, that everything keeps getting more expensive. Just staple things like milk and eggs and cheese, and nearly everyone's feeling it. You know, you can't just want, it's like what you need now, isn't it? Basic items, and if it ain't basic, you go basic. You go for the own brand, cheap version, because it costs a living, isn't it? Meat has become so expensive these days, so meat to go with dinners, I miss that. Just vegetarian dinners these days, but anything good for you is expensive. Buying less prepared stuff, not giving in when I'm kind of tired or feeling rushed. My mum mostly pays for stuff, so she's struggling a lot more now because sometimes when she goes to the shop, she spends £60 and comes back with barely anything, and then... There's not much to spend on the bills and rent and things like that, all because of food prices going up. If you keep up with the news, you might think you know why things are so tough. The wars overseas, the supply chain issues, all these things that feel like they're out of everybody's control, that the people in charge of the country are trying to fix by increasing interest rates for the 12th consecutive time, or holding down wages for nurses and teachers. What if I told you that that version of what's going on might not be the full story? A lot of these price rises, the record more than 17% increase in the cost of groceries in the UK, the soaring bills for internet, petrol, electricity, that some of that might not be inevitable. It might be because of greed companies raising their prices because everybody else is and they can get away with it, albeit at a human cost. It's a theory, but it's one that's gaining traction among unions and economists, and they reckon they have the numbers to prove it. So is it true? Is some of the pain of the cost of living crisis unnecessary? And if so, what can we do about it? From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, is the UK in the grips of greedflation? Richard Partington, you're The Guardian's economics correspondent. We're now back in the studio and we want to try to get to the bottom of what might be driving the UK's record inflation. So let's begin with the current rate. How bad is inflation in the UK right now? So it's currently 10.1% in the year to March, and that's the highest rate 
that inflation has been in the UK since the early 1980s. Less than two years ago, it was bumping along close to zero as we came out of the COVID pandemic and has accelerated really, really rapidly. Energy, food, services, everything is going up in price. And when you ask the government, what do they tell us are the driving forces behind this inflation? The government response to high inflation is mainly to talk about global factors. And we have seen the war in Ukraine sending wholesale price of oil and gas to close to record highs. The government had been sort of saying, there's very little we can do about this. The cost of living is going through the roof thanks to forces outside of our control. This is the cruel and unrelenting reality of Putin's war. And as long as it goes on, it will continue to devastate the global economy. Okay, so as a result of this record inflation, people are buying less, they're shopping around more, all of which makes me think that the profits of big supermarket chains like Tesco's or Sainsbury's should either be remaining the same or going down, except that isn't what's happening. They're both making record profits. So how does that work? Given these cost pressures that everybody is feeling, that businesses indeed are feeling, cost of energy going through the roof, higher taxes, higher transportation costs, in that environment, it might be surprising that profits are still managing to increase. Supermarkets would say that they are not passing on all of the cost pressures that they are seeing to their customers. And the chief executive Tesco was saying, we're robustly challenging every cost increase that is presented to the company by the suppliers. We've fallen out with other suppliers. So we do try very hard, I think, to challenge. And we have a team who can look at the composition of food, costs of commodities and work out whether or not these cost increases are legitimate. So, However, some people would argue the prices are still higher than would be the case if there was a simple pass-through of the costs that supermarkets were paying and that they are taking too much margin on top and that consumers are being hurt by that, that the supermarkets should be sharing more of the pain. All right, so that's supermarkets. What about elsewhere in the economy? Are we seeing other examples of businesses that are finding this cost of living crisis is pretty good business, actually? I think the area that the biggest profit margins are being recorded are quite clearly in oil and gas and energy production. That is, without a doubt, an eye-watering increase in profitability directly off the back of surging energy prices on wholesale markets. BP just reported another quarter of bumper earnings. The oil giant said Tuesday that profits hit $5 billion in the first quarter. It cited strong trading in oil and gas. They'd paid out more than $14 billion to their investors last year. That is real windfall profits, absolutely at record highs. There are some other sectors as well where there is a large increase in profitability in the banking industry. We all know how the cost of mortgages and loans are going up. Businesses are being squeezed by higher borrowing costs as well. And yet when you put money in the bank and you deposit it, you're getting paid a very meagre rate of interest for your deposit. So the banks are making a big amount of money on the difference between the two. Lloyds Bank in one example, one of the UK's biggest banks, it's the biggest mortgage provider in the UK, particularly through its Halifax brand. Its profits jumped 46% in the first quarter of this year. Wow. So economists and trade union leaders like Unite are looking at this trend and saying this is not inflation that we're seeing. What we're seeing is greedflation, where companies are using the cover 
of high and fast rising prices to push through excessive price increases. Mm. And that adds to inflation further. Greedflation. Richard, one of the reports pushing that idea that got a lot of headlines recently was by the trade union Unite, and they were pretty unequivocal about this. They say greedflation is a significant part of why prices are so high. What led them to that conclusion? So the Unite report says that the FTSE 350 companies in the UK, the country's 350 largest listed businesses, saw their profit margins increase by 89% in the first half of 2022 compared to the same period in 2019. Food, agribusiness companies saw a profit increase of 255% over the period they analysed. They find that energy, oil and petrol, automotive, road freight, shipping, you name it, across the economy, there are increases that are being passed through from businesses to consumers with higher levels of profits. I mean, they are pretty incredible profits. What do businesses say when they're confronted with data like that from the Unite report? How do they respond to this greedflation charge? Businesses are responding by saying, we are simply passing on higher costs to our consumers and that we have no choice. If we were not to do this, we would go out of business. There would be large job losses and there would be a large recession. We're starting to see more companies filing for insolvency in the UK, whether that is more concentrated around smaller and medium-sized businesses that find it harder to pass on costs. The other thing that companies might say is that demand is still there. Even if they are rising prices, they are still seeing that consumers are continuing to purchase their products, perhaps not in as large a volume, but it's not as though people have suddenly gone on strike and aren't buying anything at all. Hmm. But I mean, they need to buy things to eat to survive, do they not? Exactly. And in this, I think there's an interesting split in that across society, during the COVID pandemic, there was a large increase in saving. When people were locked down, there was nowhere to go. You couldn't go on holiday. There was no pub to go to, no restaurant. And people saved a lot of money during that time. But it was concentrated amongst the top 40% of households. Those lower down the income distribution really suffered very heavily and have less disposable income to spend on food, energy, other basic essentials. And there were already almost 5 million people who were in food insecurity in the UK. We already had millions of families, including 800,000 children, according to latest Trussell Trust research, using food banks. And that was before the cost of living, particularly in food, really accelerated to the levels we're seeing now. Hmm. So it's like a two-tier crisis in some ways. People who were able to save money through the pandemic, they can weather this inflationary burst. And the ones who are really feeling it are the ones who were not able to stack up cash while we were all locked away at home. They're the ones who are fully exposed to these new prices. That's exactly the case. There is also another dynamic in that the fastest pay increases that are recorded by the Office for National Statistics are in areas of the economy like business and finance and accounting and administration. Higher paying professional occupations have seen stronger wage growth, putting people in those areas of the economy in a better position to weather the cost of living crisis.
Well, one person who isn't feeling the pressure is the chief executive of Tesco, Ken Murphy, who was paid £4.7 million last year, including the highest annual bonus awarded by the supermarket since 2016. Now, not to single out Tesco, but how does that work? How can things be so challenging for people and apparently so challenging for the supermarket? While at the same time, its top brass walks away with more money than they have in years. This is the big contradiction that should have people outraged. The cost of living crisis is not hitting everybody equally. It's much more felt by those on lower incomes where energy, food, basic essentials form a larger part of people's spending. It's the type of environment where inequality is really being bred at the moment. I work in retail as well and I can see the profits. It's not trickling down. That's the worst thing. It's like it's not trickling down. There's children out there that can't have a piece of fruit on a daily basis. There's children out there that only have one meal a day, two meals a day at a push, which kids should be having three meals a day. There's children that are going about, families that are going about. It's really hard. Like I'm having to go about lunch here just to make sure that I can buy dinner for my son for when I get home. Just to make ends meet. It's not fair. And Richard, if a part of this problem, maybe a big part of it, is greedflation, is there a limit to what people will pay? Is there a point at which they just stop buying things in huge numbers? At some point, businesses will have pushed up prices to the point where they are destroying demand for their goods and services. And at that point is when we may see greater recessionary tendencies in the UK. The economy is expected to shrink there was going to be damage done to businesses for pushing up prices too far yeah. and too fast. And the, at that point, they'll have to start cutting them again to keep people purchasing. Yeah, but in the meantime, there's serious damage being done to people's livelihoods, people who can't absorb these increased prices. The government has been trying to provide some support through things like the cost of living support payments, the energy price guarantee, a freeze in fuel duties. But Is all of that the right way to deal with the problem? The government has provided support through the cost of living crisis. However, it has got a large focus on the role of workers Hmm. and the contribution to inflation from people asking for higher pay increases. They've focused a lot on public sector workers after a decade of real terms cuts for many people in nursing, teaching, police, across the public sector. At this moment in time, the government are saying that higher pay settlements for nurses and teachers would add to inflation? Well, I recognise that there are very sincerely held positions by people in the public sector. They are working incredibly hard. They do a brilliant job for us. But the government too has a sincerely held concern not to do anything that locks in the high inflation that ultimately is the root cause of their anger. And are they right about that? Would increasing the pay of teachers and nurses increase inflation? Many economists don't agree. If it did, it would be marginal compared to the increase that we're seeing from high energy prices that are feeding through into the economy at the moment and high food prices. Part of the reason for that is that the price that we pay for our public services is set by the government. If the wages paid to public sector workers go up, there isn't an automatic increase in the price for the services that we pay. So that therefore isn't an immediate inflationary shock from higher pay. They have taken less notice of how much company profits are rising at this moment in time. 
Okay, so in tackling this problem, the Tories have been much more focused on making sure that public sector workers like nurses, teachers don't get pay rises, and they've been less curious about why so many big businesses are doing so well. The other big player here is the Bank of England, which controls interest rates and has been increasing them to try to persuade people to spend less money. But it strikes me that that's also an approach that focuses on restricting ordinary people and hits them very hard. It's hitting people very hard, particularly those who have high amounts of borrowing, particularly on mortgages. The Bank of England's chief economist, Hugh Pill, has talked about how people in the UK need to accept that they're worse off and to try and stop maintaining their real spending power by increasing their wage demands. And what we're facing now is that that reluctance to accept that, yes, we're all worse off and we all have to take our share, to try and pass that cost on to one of our compatriots and saying, we'll be all right, but they will have to take our share too. That pass-the-parcel game that's going on here, that game is one that is just generating inflation. The governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, has talked about the same trend, saying that pay restraint is required to prevent inflation from being persistent and having higher interest rates to tackle it as a consequence. Andrew Bailey has talked about the contribution of prices and that companies need to bear in mind what they're doing when they're setting prices to ensure that inflation isn't persistently high. But still, the focus has tended to be on the wages side of the equation. And is anyone in charge conscious of the fact that so many businesses are making bumper profits and that that might be a sign of greedflation, of profiteering? Is that part of the conversation at all? The government has taken some action in that there is a windfall tax on energy producers that is taking in billions of pounds of excess profits that energy companies are making. But there is so much more that could be done. And why aren't they doing more? Like, for example, with supermarket prices, if you were the Conservatives looking for a vote winner, being seen to be trying to push those down would surely be a pretty good strategy. So why don't they pursue it? I think part of it is ideologically driven and that the government does not wish to intervene in markets. Conservatives are typically phobic of intervening in markets, even when market outcomes are driving such socially bad outcomes. Some of the things the government could do, for example, get a proper investigation as to whether greedflation is taking place. We do not have, apart from the very good work of Unite, we do not have an academic set of evidence to demonstrate what's going on. The Office for National Statistics could publish research into the contribution of profits to inflation. We had the Liberal Democrat leader, Ed Davey, calling for a competition investigation into profiteering by supermarkets. We're going into this debate without adequate information to really have proper discussion about what can be done about it. Okay, so sounds like the government are not particularly interested in greedflation, whether it's a factor in this crisis, and if so, how bad it is. What about Labour? Why aren't they making a big deal of at least investigating it? Perhaps it's a politically difficult argument to make when Labour has been attempting to claim the mantle of the party of business from the Conservatives, particularly after Brexit, particularly after Liz Truss's mini-budget. So perhaps Labour has got a reluctance to really come out very strongly and, and criticise big business, viewing that as the best route to electoral success. But that means overlooking the fact that some of these companies might be essentially ripping us off and hurting people who can least afford it. 
that's definitely one of the big risks if there is too much of a moderate approach taken and big companies don't have accountability. Coming up, are we not angry enough about high prices? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. People have to eat. And standards of what you're heating and stuff like that is no good. So the environment, what it's creating, is really, really not very nice. Because if you look at people, they're very, very anxious, unhappy. To be honest with you, I don't really, really know why people allow this to happen. They just don't know what to do. And I think it's going to be like this for a very, very long time. Richard, we know that to some extent this is a global problem. And when you look at other places like Europe, like the US, do we see inflation as sharp as it is in the UK? And do their governments think of it differently? Inflation in the UK is much higher than in comparable advanced economies. The UK has the highest inflation rate of the G7 group of wealthy nations. Wow. There are reasons why the UK does have this higher rate. First of all, we have the energy price shock from Russia's war in Ukraine. We're more dependent on gas as an energy source than in the United States, which is much more of its own internal market for energy supplies. We have a tight labor market. Brexit has added to inflationary pressures in the UK in that we have more friction at our borders. There is a higher cost of importing goods to the UK than there had been previously. That will add to inflation. 
In terms of how governments are responding and acting differently, in the US, they're taking a much more aggressive approach to tackling inflation. President Joe Biden is undertaking the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a huge amount of spending by Washington to increase the resilience of the US economy to inflation by investing in transport infrastructure, low carbon energy, increasing training and education for workers to grow the size of the workforce. So there's definitely more that is being done in other nations. UK is definitely taking action, but there are questions about the scale of it. And in these other places, do leaders talk more about greedflation as a possible factor in all this? There seems to be a greater focus in both the Eurozone and in the US on the role of profits in inflation than there is here in the UK. The European Central Bank has analysed this, believes that this is the case in some areas of the Eurozone economy. Parts of the US Federal Reserve have analysed this. The Bank of England has not published any analysis on the role of profits Hmm. in inflation. Does it surprise you that you don't see more outrage among the public about just the possibility that this thing that we're all suffering through, we're not out there in the streets protesting it, that we seem to just simply accept that this is the way it has to be, even in the face of research like that presented by the Union Unite, that perhaps it doesn't need to be this way? There definitely should be more outrage. I'm surprised that there isn't. When you have food prices rising at the fastest rate since 1977, an average basket of food and non-alcoholic drink rising by almost 20% in the space of a year, these are eye-watering increases, and that people aren't completely outraged about this and protesting in the supermarket aisles is quite shocking because people should be very angry about this. The government should be very angry about this. There has been very little said by the government when it comes to the price of food and drink. There's a lot of talk about wages. There's a lot of talk about nurses accepting pay deals below the rate of inflation. But there is not a lot of talk about how much money supermarkets are making, how much money food companies are making. They're not there saying we need to make food cheaper for people. And it's even more surprising when you put it in the context of Brexit, when you had ministers like Jacob Rees-Mogg talking about how Brexit would cut the price of food by 20%. We've seen exactly the opposite happen. Food prices have risen by almost 20%. There is no flood of cheap, affordable food from other countries as a consequence of Brexit. And yet the government, they had a food strategy that they launched last year. Do they have a real grip on the situation? Those in the farming industry would certainly disagree. There's a lot more that could be done to support domestic production in the UK, but it just isn't there. Richard, lastly, we saw headlines last week that the big supermarkets have told the government that they think inflation has peaked and that from now on, we'll start to see a decline in food prices. Now, that's obviously what everybody wants to hear, but are they right? That's the big hope. Some food prices should come down soon. There has already been reports of milk prices dropping as a consequence of higher levels of production that we see in the springtime. And it's been a good year for milk production. However, we're not quite there for the peak yet for food prices. The big reason for that is that farmers and food manufacturers strike long-term contracts. A farmer buys and sells fertilizer, grain, animal feed over a long period of time. 
and they will have struck contracts in the middle of last year when prices were particularly high and it will take time for them to come onto new contracts where prices are lower again. So I expect that food price inflation is very sticky and will take some time before we see the prices coming down again. Richard, thank you very much. Thanks very much. That was Richard Partington, The Guardian's economics correspondent, whose work on this topic you can follow at theguardian.com. Before we go, The Guardian is running a special offer on subscriptions to the paper. If you subscribe today to The Guardian and Observer, you can save up to 50%. That's just £1.53 per issue. If you were waiting for our biggest sale of the year, this is it. You can enjoy our award-winning newspapers and magazines at your leisure with a range of packages from weekend to every day. Plus, in some areas, you can benefit from home delivery. The offer ends on Sunday, the 21st of May, so jump on it now. And that is it for today. This episode was produced by Courtney Youssef. Sound design was by Solomon King. The executive producer was Homer Kalili. And we'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.